Phantoms of Fear. I hope your day has gone well, because this episode is done gonna mess you up, son. Prepare yourself for a tale of terror and suspense. Presented by Crimson Knight Productions. This is Volumes of Fear. Well, well, well. Looks like our loyal lunatics have returned to the horror buffet for another helping of macabre mashed potatoes. I'm your host, Piedmont Montgomery, and I'm sincerely delighted that you're joining us for another chilling tale that only volumes of fear can serve you. Tonight, we bring to you a unique story. Then again, I suppose each of the stories we tell possess that quality, but this is quite unique because you could call it a sequel of sorts. Fret not, though, my loyal lunatics. Witnessing the first installment is by no means a prerequisite in order to enjoy this forthcoming story. This story we're about to plop onto your plate of interest features a character previously known as Rush Hour Randy. After surviving a harrowing experience with a paranoid psychopath, Rush Hour Randy reformed and then transformed from a rude and demeaning radio shock jock into a man who was determined to help the masses. But alas, no good deed goes unpunished and we will experience what is to become of Randy when he decided to change himself into really helpful Randy. Our story takes place in the studios of Eastridge Public Radio, the same facility that brings you volumes of fear. Popular radio personality Really Helpful Randy is about to begin his program. Randy is waiting for his producer, Tad, to let him know that the broadcast is ready to commence. Randy goes over some notes that he has in front of him while sitting in the recording studio. Tad readies the soundboard in the adjacent control room. Though they are in two separate rooms, Randy and Tad can see another through a big window, and they are able to communicate with each other via headphones and radio microphones. All right, Randy. It's just about time. You ready? You bet, Ted. Looking forward to helping out the great citizens of this town with their problems. (sighs) It's a great day, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I suppose so. Do you know why it's a great day, Tad? No, Randy. Why is it a great day? Because we get to help people. Don't you think that's great? Yeah. Great day. Okay, it's time, Randy. Here comes the intro in five, four, three, two... Hey listeners, and welcome back to the Really Helpful Randy Show here on Eastridge Public Radio. For those of you that are new to our program, I want to introduce myself and explain to you what the Really Helpful Randy Show is all about. Not long ago, I was an obnoxious, arrogant, mean-spirited radio DJ. And after having a near-death experience and realizing that my actions can have serious outcomes, I decided to change myself into a beacon of positivity. Rather than rushing people, 
which was just a term I used to insult and demean people, I now want to help them. So the way this show works is that listeners call in, they tell me about the issues they're dealing with, and I help them with sound advice. I'd also like to introduce someone who's very special to both me and the show, and that's the producer of the really helpful Randy show, Tad. Tad, why don't you say hello to our wonderful audience? Hey. Tad, you can do better than that. I want to encourage and help you to do better. Okay. Hello, listeners. So much better. I helped you, and in turn, you helped me. Thanks, Tad. Thanks for the gift of being you. Now, how about we get this show started? Tad, do we have any callers yet? We do, Randy. Excellent. Let's put our first caller through. Okay, I've got Amanda on line one. Amanda on line one? You're on the Really Helpful Randy Show. How can I help you? Hi, Randy. Long-time listener here. I was calling because I was hoping you could help me. My husband and I are having some serious communication issues. I'd love to help, Amanda. What kind of issues are you talking about? It's been tough because ever since we got married, I feel like our ability to communicate has gotten worse. From the onset, I knew we'd have some complications because we're an interspecies couple. But this is just getting to be too much. He just says the same thing whenever I ask him for his opinion on something. What do you mean by interspecies? I'm a living human, and my husband is a zombie. Okay, I think I understand. And whenever you ask his opinion on something, what's his response? His response is always the same. He just says brains. Like, if I ask him what he wants for dinner, he says brains. If I ask him where he wants to go on vacation, he says brains. He says brains to everything. Amanda, zombies are known for some peculiar habits, and I'm so glad you've called and asked for help. Before you get any more frustrated, I want you to check out a book by a man named Hans Dreidelman. It's called Living But Not Living But Still Living. Mr. Dreidelman is a zombie expert and has lived amongst the undead for years. He's studied them and has recorded their behaviors and habits. I think that if you give this book a read, you'll find that Mr. Dreidelman's experiences can help you and your husband. Thanks, Randy. I'll give it a look. Excellent. Thanks for calling, Amanda. And if you keep experiencing issues, give me another call, and I'll help you again. You've just been... Helped. Okay, Tad, who do we have next? I've got Millard on line two. Okay, Millard, you're on the Really Helpful Randy Show. How can I help you today? Randy, I'm a scientist, and a rather brilliant one at that. But I've had a hard time at work lately. My colleagues, they don't respect me or my ideas. They say my ideas are dangerous. They say I'm mentally unstable. They say I'm crazy. Millard, I want you to be honest with me. Are your ideas dangerous? Not any more dangerous than the next bad scientist. I feel misunderstood. If only they would give my work a chance. If only they could see where I was going with my experimentations. Millard, it sounds like you need to really show them what you can do. True talent can't be ignored. I think you need to use your talents to create something that they've never seen. Hmm. Yes. Not a bad idea at all. Thank you for calling and letting me help you, Millard. I wish you the best of luck. You've just been... Helped. Well, another rewarding experience with one of our callers. 
It truly is a blessing to be able to help them. Isn't that right, Ted? Yeah, sure. Okay, Ted, who do I get to help next? I've got Charlie on line three. Okay, Charlie, you're on the Really Helpful Randy Show. Randy? I think I need your help. That's why I'm here, fella, to help you. Now, how can I do that? I'm staring at them, and the voices in my head are telling me stuff. Staring at who? At, at these teenagers who are camping in the woods. And you said that the voices in your head are telling you stuff. What do these voices say? The voices are telling me to chop them up. Charlie, what does that mean, chop them up? Well, I've got my hatchet here. And the voices are telling me to jump out from where I'm hiding and chop them up into little pieces. But I was hoping that maybe you could help stop the voices. That's a tough one, you know. I really help people who are having simpler problems, like relationship issues, or people who are down on their luck, or anything other than murder, to be perfectly honest. Talking someone out of using a hatchet to hack up a bunch of teenagers may be better suited for a psychologist, or a priest, or a rabbi, depending on one's team. I, I thought you helped people, Randy. I do, Charlie, but this is a tall order. I just need help making the voices in my head quiet. Okay, a bit of a challenge. Let's see what we can do. First off, where are you? At the East Ridge Forest Preserve. They have that camping area. That's where the teenagers are. And they're up to no good. And the voices are telling you to jump out of your hiding spot and chop these kids up, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this, Charlie. Do you know that murder is bad? Well, of course I do. I may be a psychopath, but I'm not a sociopath. I understand, I think. Anyway... If you know that murder is bad, Charlie, then why do you do it? Just because the voices tell you to? Yes, Randy, I do whatever the voices tell me. And if the voices told you to jump off a bridge, would you? Well, I suppose I would. I don't like to argue with them. Just because the voices in your head are telling you to do something doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, Charlie. Especially if it means harming someone, and that includes yourself. Maybe, when dealing with the voices in your head, you should converse and not confront. Randy, I think maybe you can help me. That's why I'm here, to help you and anyone else in our fine community that may need help. Randy, you can help me talk to the voices, to converse with them. Maybe your help is all I need to get them to leave me alone. That sounds great, Charlie. We've got a lot more show tonight, so maybe we can address some of those issues later on. Address my issues later on? Like, down at the studios of East Ridge Public Radio? We are here, yeah. For the next, let's see, hour and 50 minutes. Okay. I hitched a ride earlier and I still have the car. I'll be down to your studio soon. That sounds great. Wait, what? Charlie? Did we lose him? He hung up, Randy. 
He said he's coming down here, didn't he? I think it's time for a break, Randy. Uh, yeah. Listeners, keep listening. We're still helping people here on The Really Helpful Randy Show, and we'll continue to do so after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, I'm rolling the commercials now. Randy, did I hear correctly that Charlie is coming down here? Uh, I think so. Randy, do you know who this guy is? A guy named Charlie who hears voices? Look, Randy, I could tell who this was right away. This guy, Charlie, is better known as chop Em up Charlie. chop Em up Charlie is a crazed maniac that has been stalking campers at the East Ridge Forest Preserve camping grounds for the past ten years. He hides in the forest and then attacks campers and chops them up with his hatchet. The guy is a total loon, yet for some reason teenagers keep insisting on camping out there. Is this true? I read it on social media. Oh, then it must be true. Look, you want to help people and he needs help. It's really admirable that you invited him down here, but I don't think it was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah what? Yeah, as in, uh, I didn't mean to invite him down here. I wasn't paying attention or thinking. This was completely by accident. I sort of did it again. Okay, well, three options. First, we let him in and hope that you can help him with his issues before he chops us up. Second option, we call 911. Third option, we just leave and go home. There's a possible fourth option which combines options two and three. I think we should call 911. I agree. I'm going to put on an old episode of the show to play for the listeners when we come back from our commercial break. Now I'm going to dial 911, and we're going to get this figured out. Nine one one. what's your emergency? Yes, this is Really Helpful Randy with Eastridge Public Radio. Really Helpful Randy? Oh my goodness, I admire your work. Thanks for that. I always appreciate my listeners. Anyway, um, I think something bad is going to happen. You see, there's this guy named chop Em up Charlie, and he's sort of really crazy, and he's coming down here to the radio station. Oh, that's terrific. Just super. And I bet you're just going to help the poor, tormented man. Well, I love helping people, and this chop Em up Charlie is really no different. But I think we may have some concerns, because he's a psycho who carries around a hatchet and says that he hears voices in his head, and they tell him to chop people up. Well, Mr. Radio Man, just like a biscuit smothered in gravy, I think you helping him just make sense. He's going to get that help he needs when he visits you. Yeah, probably. Not only do I love helping people, I'm really good at it. Okay, then. And thanks for sharing, and I wish the best of luck to you. Wait a minute. They hung up. 911 just blew me off. Again. What do we do? I think we should leave. Or at the very least, lock the door to the station. Now that they've actually installed locks. You may be right. We're actually getting a call from the same number that chop Em Up Charlie was calling from. Put it through, Tad. Maybe I can talk him out of this. Hello, this is Really Helpful Randy. Hi, Randy. I'm almost there. I'm so excited to talk with you. The voices in my head, they're telling me so much. Uh, look, Charlie. Charles. Chuck, maybe we should reschedule. I just remembered I'm supposed to be calling bingo tonight down at the Civic Center. Randy, it's too late. I'm almost there. I really need to tell you what the voices are telling me. 
Look, Charlie, we should do a rain check. Charlie? He hung up. Oh boy, we've got a problem. Randy, I'm sorry, man, but I'm leaving. My brother was already killed by a maniac. I really don't want to end up like him, and to be fair, you're sort of responsible. Tad, you can go, but I'm going to stay. You're going to stay? That's right, I'm going to stay. Because you know what? My name is really Helpful Randy. I call myself that because after I was almost murdered, I decided that I was going to help people. And if I left now, then my name would just be sometimes Helpful Randy. You know what I mean, Tad? Tad. Oh, Teddy. What's that? Sorry, I was getting my coat. So you're leaving? Yep. See you tomorrow. And before Randy could say any more, Tad rushed out the door and exited the building where Eastridge Public Radio was located at. Randy was all alone now. He sat for a minute and thought about whether or not he should stay. I know I'm supposed to help people, but in reality, this guy may be too nutty. Hmm. Stay and try to help, or run and bask in safety? Well, it is pretty late, and I've been helping people all week, so maybe taking off a little early wouldn't hurt. Just as Randy began to rise from his chair, he heard a door open in the nearby control room. Tad? Did you forget your coin purse again? Tad? Yet there was no answer as Randy called out. When Randy looked through the window that was in between the control room and the recording studio, only vaguely could he see the shape of a tall, broad-shouldered man. Who's in the control room? Is that you, Tad? Please be a muscular, taller Tad. Please be a muscular, taller Tad. Randy looked closer into the control room and saw the shadowy figure walk out. Then the door to the studio room where Randy was at slowly opened. And to Randy's horror, he saw a man in the doorway. But it was not Tad. Rather, it was a tall man wearing a pair of dirty mechanics overalls, with messy hair and sporting a crazy look in his eye. Randy could see that the man was carrying a hatchet as he entered the studio room. And as he slowly began walking toward Randy, Randy cowered in fear. Are you... chop him up, Charlie? <laughs> Hello, Randy. I'm here. The voices are telling me to chop him up, but maybe you can help. How can I help? They're talking to me. Maybe you've got some advice? Wait a minute. What if you ask the voices what they think about you getting serious professional help? One minute. I'll ask. Remember to converse, not confront. Okay. What do you guys think? Yeah, he's got a point. Okay, okay. Okay, Randy. I talked to them. They agree. I should get help. Randy breathed a sigh of relief. He felt a sense of pride in being able to help out chop him up Charlie. Charlie, I'm proud of you. You did the right thing. I'm eager to seek professional help and to stop, you know, chopping people up. I'm proud of you, Charlie. And on behalf of the team behind the really helpful Randy show, which is me and Tad, we're willing to do whatever it takes to support you and encourage you. Tad? My show's producer. He was just here, but he got a little spooked and went home. Was he just in the parking lot? Yeah, probably. 
I mean, I think he usually parks his mom's car there. Oh, well, I'm not sure he's going to support me. I chopped him up in the parking lot. That was a bit of a downer. Rather depressing. I mean, the moral is almost that you shouldn't help anyone. Well, why don't we try and liven things up a little with some fan mail? Winston, the fan mail, please. Here you go! Excellent. Our correspondence this week begins as such. Dear Mr. Montgomery, where do you record volumes of fear? To the person who mailed us this letter, the answer is simple. We're actually recording from the comfy confines of Eastridge Public Radio, the same location where tonight's tale of terror took place. Continuing on with this bit of fan mail, I just love your show and I am a big fan. To the writer of this letter, thank you. We always appreciate a fan. Now, continuing on with the letter, I currently live at the Peaksville Mental Hospital in their ward for the criminally insane and I will be getting out soon, one way or another, and I will visit you. Signed, Mr. Jingles, the evil killer clown. I suppose I should have read the whole letter before revealing where we are located at. <laughs> In fact, I probably shouldn't have read any of it. Um, maybe the fan mail segment needs uh, some retooling, yes? Um, well, my loyal lunatics, that's that's it for us on this edition of Volumes of Fear. Now, I'm a bit eager to get out of here. We are grateful to you for listening, just as we are grateful to our presenter, Crimson Knight Productions. As always, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See, I, I got them right this week. And until next time, lunatics, like the lunacy, and share the scare. This episode of Volumes of Fear featured the acting talents of David Thompson, Josh Berkey, J.C. Rositas, Shannon Riley, Derek DeBoer, Andy Collins, and Frank Sisson. It was produced by Andy Collins and J.C. Rositas, and written by Andy Collins. Post-production was supervised by J.C. Rositas. Audio editing and mixing was by Swirl. Original music was by Swirl and J.C. Rositas. Artwork was provided by Derek DeBoer. This episode was presented by Crimson Knight Productions. Visit them online at vivacomp.net. Like Volumes of Fear on Facebook and Instagram, or you will suffer horrible things.